Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Uh, let's take a live call. Kevin, Maui, Hawaii, wants to talk about interest rates. How you doing, Steve? Good, Kevin. Good. Uh, so maybe a stupid question. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I couldn't refinance our house before now, so I'm doing it now. I'm on application, pre-approved, but I have the lock rate. And provides unbiased answers. I just lock them in now lock because... Rate. Because the Fed's going to raise rates in the first part of May. Rates will start to creep up before that. Invest Talk. Over 40 million downloads and counting. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, April 8, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and um, and I look forward to doing this podcast every day. And I enjoy hearing your financial and investment questions and helping you with them. I always, I'm always very careful about giving you or providing you the straight and unbiased answers I can give you. I have no hidden agendas. I'm not trying to push anything on you. In fact, it will be mostly your your questions that drive the directions of the show today's podcast. That's how we work it here on Invest Talk. It would be my goal to help you understand the current environment we are in and how to avoid the pitfalls of a volatile market. Because there's going to be some big pitfalls, I'm thinking. And today's investing situation is very different from what we've had over the past several decades. It changes people. It always changes. We have higher inflation now, highest since, what, 40 years? And therefore, we need to focus on the market and how it affects them, how it affects inflation, how it affects the the inflation, how the inflation affects stock prices and consumer spending. And how the consumer spending, you know, drives the economy. But you must also consider other aspects and very important aspects as you plan and build your financial future. You, your retirement security fund, your own personal retirement security fund. Money, your money. If you only have a pre-COVID frame of mind, you're very likely to make mistakes because the investing landscape is fluid and has changed. So, You've got to put the odds in your favor by learning how to make consistently good decisions with your money. And you'll make mistakes that we all make mistakes are unavoidable, but you can achieve a winning balance if you work at it. It's not that hard. It just takes work. It does. Remember, market volatility can present opportunities for your portfolio. Not it's all. It's not all bad. It's not. If you're ready to act and you have the ability to act. So on this podcast, we operate here with our same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And this is your assurance that we that that our market reporting, our process explanations, our educational segments, and our stock commentary will all be presented with no bias. We'll give you the facts. So I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. You can do it now. You get to shape the show any direction you want. As long as it's financial, we'll go there. In fact, you can call me right now 
888-99 chart. We're live streaming four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And so if you can't call then now while we're live, you can always call anytime you want and leave your question. We call it the voice bank. Just leave the question on the voice bank. Either way, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first uh, listener question. Hi, this is Joan from Indiana. I'm calling about ticker symbol FIGS, F-I-G-S, to direct consumer, healthcare, apparel, scrubs, that kind of thing, lifestyle for healthcare workers. It's growing profitability. Revenue is growing at a, at a great rate. I know you guys aren't big on uh, a lot of unprofitable companies right now, but this is one that's kind of eking out some profits. And I'm a nurse, and I see this brand in everyday life, um, and it's growing popularity like crazy. <laughs> really curious to see what you guys think about it. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Figs Inc. is a $3.5 billion company, so it's small. Designed and manufactures healthcare apparel and lifestyle brand for men and women in the healthcare profession. Uh, it's a fairly new company. It came out in June, it looks like about June 2021. Okay, so it's not quite a year. Uh, they've made money. They've been consistently making money. They're going to make $0.28 cents this year. They made $0.32 cents last year. Uh, next year, they're going to make $0.39. Cents. Um, so it's kind of an expensive stock at $21.47 a share. So it's not it's not expensive. It's expensive. Sales growth is 40 to 50% sales in the last three quarters. Before that, all the quarters before that, it's almost up 100% sales growth or more. So you're buying a growth company that's growing very fast. Uh, return equity is very good at 33, but it's, you're going to have to pay up for it. It's pretty darn expensive. Um, it got as high as 50, and recent low is around 12, and now it's at 21. So it's coming off a low. Um, it's not for me, but if you really like it, you could stick your toe in it at this point, but just know that it's going to be pretty volatile because of the cost. It's a pretty expensive stock. My focus point today is based on the story behind the question, is bond market turmoil unavoidable? So uh, one market, market researcher is arguing that the Federal Reserve is going, is Federal Reserve's original projection for transitory inflation was one of the worst forecasts in Fed history. Do you remember that? I talked about it at length on this show and said, I don't buy it. They were saying last year, oh, inflation is going to be transitory. And I was saying, no, I don't think so. No, I think inflation's here to stay. I think it's going to be at an elevated level, and it's going to stay there, and that's exactly what we have right now. Justin and I were both pounding that desk. That inflation's going to go up. We think it has probably peaked now. I do. I think it's probably peaked, and the next move will probably be down, but it might stay elevated for a while. Just be, just expect it. You know, inflation doesn't stop corporate earnings. It doesn't hurt. It does not. It's only when it's un, uncontrollable inflation. And, you know, the Fed is taking steps to try to control it. Now, I don't know if that's going to be very helpful for the economy. So, other topics I want to talk about. Consumer credit soars. Did you see the number? Huge number on the latest consumer credit report. Uh, the bullish picture for the stock market, I've been talking about it. it's been bearish, bearish, and my my, my uh, outlook has been fairly bearish, not terribly bearish, but fairly bearish. 
But I also don't want to be too bearish. I want to give you the bullish picture as well. Uh, is the current oil crisis worse than the one in 1973? Do you have an opinion? Do you remember the 73? Now, I was early, my early 20s, very early 20s when that happened. And uh, I remember very distinctly. So we'll talk about that. Is it worse then than now? And if it is, why? I think it's a pretty interesting topic. Okay, um, the market was mixed today. The Dow was up 138, but the Nasdaq was down 186, and the S&P was down 12. So it's more bearish than bullish today, but it was a mixed market. We have no trivia question today because, you know, it's Friday. Usually we talk a little bit about the KPP premium newsletter that I send out. It will be sent out tomorrow. I finished today. So the market has been pretty weak so for the last, what, five, seven days or whatever, it, actually, if you want to take a step back, the market's been pretty weak all this year so far. Now it's had a little rally and then a pullback and a correction and a little, another little rally, and now it's pulling back again. But overall, it's been pretty weak. That's what happens when interest rates are rising and the Federal Reserve is talking up rates, talking it up. So, Justin and I are thankful for the podcast support, everybody, and our free downloads will continue, of course. I want to make you aware of two other ways to find our material and unbiased guidance. InvestTalk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We're building out more content on both platforms, so go to YouTube or Instagram and search InvestTalk. Remember, use two T's in InvestTalk. And please tell your friends. The MSF phone lines are open. Call now, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, and the market has been interesting. So you'll have important finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Gene in San Francisco. Hi, Gene. Hey, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank, well, thank you for taking my call. I really enjoy the program. So I'm calling in regard to uh, Vanguard VCADX. It's California uh, Tax Exempt. Okay. Uh, yeah. And according to Vanguard, the estimated annual income is supposed to be $5,227. Uh-huh. But I noticed it's been losing, losing money lately. Yes. So I don't know what's going on and what I should do with it. Okay. So as you know, interest rates have been going up. And this is the Vanguard right. California Inter- Intermediate Term Tax-Free Bond Fund. Okay, so it's a bond fund. When bond when interest rates go up, interest rates go up, the value of bonds, no matter where they are and who they are, go down. So yeah, the income will be there. Money will come in because the bonds still pay money, but the value of the bonds and the bond fund will go down. 
Okay, and that's what you're experiencing because interest rates are rising. And interest rates are going to continue to rise, and this will continue to go down because of it. That's why I tell people, you know, I'd rather see you buy the bonds themselves directly instead of a bond fund because the bond may go down in value, but at least it'll go back to par if you own the bond itself. So, yeah, just there's nothing you really can do about it except get out. Because the bond fund, this will the value of this fund will go down as interest rates rise, even though you'll still get the income, but that may not offset enough. You may not get enough income to offset the fall of the value of the fund. So, I probably, I probably, I would get out. I don't want to be in in in, a, in bond funds right at this point. I think it's. It's going to be extra short term if I'm going to be in a bond fund. And this was intermediate term, I mean, probably five to seven year bonds. So I would probably get out. Thanks for the call, Gene. I appreciate it. On Fridays, I generally take time to fit in a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers. So let me hit some of those right now. The two year treasury yield was at 2.49, or about 2.5%. And last week it was 2.4. Three weeks ago, it was 1.9. Four weeks ago, it was 1.75. Fifteen weeks ago, it was 0.64. Now, it's 2.5%. The 10-year treasury yield, 2.69%. Last week, it was 2.37. Six weeks ago, 1.93. And 11 weeks ago, 1.76. So, we had an inversion here during the week. Today, it's not inverted but it's awful close. But here it is chattering back and forth, being inverted, and that's a signal for a recession down the road. We're look, I'm, I'm pretty convinced we're looking at a recession. I think the Federal Reserve's on uh, on the warpath and it's going to continue to raise rates, sell off their, their, their balance sheet, and that's going to put a, a lot of economic pressure downward because they're attacking inflation. That transitory inflation, they said, we were going to have. They're attacking it now because now the word is not transitory. Not very good Fed call there. Okay, gold, $1,944 an ounce. Last week is $1,924. And nine weeks ago, it was $1,806. Silver, today, $24.70 an ounce. Last week was $24.73, so three cents more. And six weeks ago was $23.94. So both gold and silver are eking up, trying to get up there a little bit. And gasoline, $4.13, national average. It's over $6 here in California. Texas, $3.75. Oh, well. It's Friday. The weekend is here, or almost here anyways, and our podcast will continue with your questions next. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to InvestTalk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Andrew in New Hampshire, and I uh, have a question for you about some retirement planning as it relates to IRAs or traditional or Roth versus buying and holding stocks that are dividend-paying. I am not 
looking to rely on the principal of my principal for retirement, just the dividend income. And my thought is that if I buy good quality companies for the long run and live off the dividend income and keep them in a taxable account instead of an IRA account, then those stocks will step up in basis when I pass and they're passed on to my beneficiaries. Uh, versus if I put them in an IRA, that basis will not step up. So it would be a traditional IRA versus a taxable portfolio. I'm not able to contribute to a Roth IRA because of my income. Appreciate the answer on the program. Thanks so much. Well, you described it correctly that um, when you buy things outside a, 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 a retirement account, in other words, in a private investment, an individual account or a joint account, and you hold on to it, you're going to get dividends. You're going to have to pay taxes on all the time because you're talking about high dividend paying type stocks. So every time you get a dividend at the end of the year, you're going to have to pay your taxes on that dividend. But whoever inherits that stock, if you hold on to it until you pass away, will inherit it at the price of the stock on the day you passed away. Therefore, that's the stepped-up basis. And therefore, they don't have to pay capital gains if they decide to sell on it, sell it from the point when you bought it many years before. So that's all true. Okay? Now, the benefit of, of course, a a tax-free account is you can buy that and earn that income tax-free and just keep reinvesting it into the stock. And you don't, you can you get to reinvest the whole thing instead of having to pay taxes on the income. So that's, that's a choice that you make and based on your personal financial picture. I think it sounds like you've got a good handle on it to me. Okay, my focus point today, based on the story, uh, the bond market turmoil, unavoidable consequences. Is it unavoidable? Okay, I think so. I think the Fed, you know, this is an article which uh, appeared in, let's see, where did it, uh, Fast Money. And I think the, the Fed may, because they said so in their minutes that were just released this week, may increase the Fed fund rate by half a point uh, twice, maybe more. A half a point instead of the quarter point they normally did. I wrote that, wrote about this in today's newsletter. It's going out tomorrow. So, and they promised six more times they're going to raise rates, and they promised to dramatically reduce the balance sheet. Now, the Fed gets it wrong very often. They're probably going to they're probably going to go too far. They're probably going to raise the rates too much. They're probably going to get rid of their balance sheet too too fast, and they're probably going to cause a recession. That's my guess. Can they get it right? They can, but they have a poor track record. Remember, they did say just a year ago that inflation was transitory. They got that wrong big time. So, you know, I think they should maybe, okay, raise the rates a half point this time, another half point, then stop. See what that does to the economy. Right now, the economy is very strong. Okay, the economy is, is, is doing quite well. And they're trying to slow down the economy with their blunt instruments, which is I can raise the Fed fund rate and I can sell off my balance sheet, which will reduce the liquidity in the system. And therefore, less liquidity in the system means less economic activity. And therefore, 
you know, I'll slow down the economy and their and inflation will slow down with it. That's their thinking. Now, it will work, but, but they still they probably will overdo it. We're we'll, we're all going to see, aren't we? We're front row seats here. We'll see. But this article says they're pretty sure the Fed's going to get it wrong because <laughs> they they generally do. They they should have started increasing a year ago. Wouldn't have hurt anything. Start slowly increasing. Start stop buying. Uh, bonds and mortgages a year ago. And they'd be halfway done to their goal. And I don't know what inflation would look like. It may not change it, but at least you wouldn't have to make anything dramatic now to slow down the economy. Anyways, we'll see how that turns out. We're all going to be, we'll be talking about it here on the air. We will. Okay, we like to, you know, uh, but we're going to look at an iTunes review question. Remember, we love when you review us on iTunes, give us a, a review. And if you do that and you ask a question at the same time, we'll get to it right away. Okay. Oh, okay. We have to take a break. We'll be moving that, right, moving right to that iTunes question as soon as we get back on the air here. And we'll talk about the KPP Premium Newsletter highlights as well. So stay with me. 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E. Dot com, HackerOne.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. 
They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. So let me get back to uh, the City of Industry question uh, from our iTunes uh, review. You've been talking a lot about volatility of the market, particularly about what might come in the summer. That said, what do you think about investing in VIX? That's the volatility index, like the VIX, V-I-X-Y. There are several warnings that come from the ETF, but I am curious about your thoughts. So it's V, so it's probably an ETF, that's what I'm thinking, V-I-X-Y. Let's see what it says about it. Exchange-traded fund-seeking performance corresponding to the Standard & Poor's VIX Short-Term Futures Index. The reason why I don't like these, um, I studied this a couple of years ago and went back over the when they first started coming out with its ETFs on the VIX. And if you look at a long-term chart, any long-term chart, they constantly go down. They will spike when the market does poorly. Remember, the VIX is called the Fear index. So when it goes up, it, it's everybody's fearful. When it goes down, meaning everybody's pretty content. So it does spike during you know bear markets. Problem is, in general, you could be waiting and waiting and waiting for that bear market to come, and it keeps going down, down, down. And the spike may not make up all the different all the loss that you just had. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it for that reason. It doesn't track the VIX itself. The VIX itself will go sideways for long periods of time, but not the VIX ETFs. Just look at a chart. Don't You don't have to believe me. You can go look at a chart. Okay? The newsletter highlights are coming up, but first we'll take a live call. Alan in Arkansas. Hi, Steve. Love your show. Hey, I, I bought Micron MU about a week ago, and it's just going down and down, and, and the whole sector's been down. And yeah. I thought it would be a, a, a good thing because there's a shortage of chips, but can you tell me what's going on with the sector? Yeah, there's not. it had nothing to do with the sector per se. It has everything to do with the Federal Reserve raising rates and causing fear that they're going to cause a recession, and then there won't be a shortage of chips because it will be, the demand will go down. That's all it is. The company's still doing really well. (laughs) I mean, but it's the fear of the future that's driving it down. So, not the company itself. Okay? Appreciate the call. I mean, you're going to find this, people. uh, The company's going to look really well, really strong, and they're going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper until the Fed stops with the movement that it's making. And that's raising rates. Remember, they, I think, what is the first part of uh, May is the next Fed meeting, and there's speculation they're going to raise a half a point. Okay, well, if they then they've said straight out they're going to raise it six times, six more times this year. They already raised a quarter point, six more times this year. So let's say they do it a quarter point, six more times. I can see them doing that. Okay, so what is that going to do? That's what, one and three quarters percent? Fed funds rate? Well, they they raised it a quarter point so far. One quarter point. And that moved mortgage rates from under, what, under 3% to 
over 4%. Mortgage, 30-year more fixed mortgage. Under three to over four, but by raising it a quarter point. So one quarter point raise the mortgage rates by more than a point, 1%. One quarter point increase by the Fed fund rate raised the mortgage rates by 1%. So what, I, frankly, I don't think the Fed's going to do six times because they'll do so much damage that they'll stop. They might be just talking to us, saying they're going to do it, and they know full well they're not going to do it. That's possible, too. But generally, the Fed gets it wrong. They go too far both ways, generally. Okay? Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will go out tomorrow to all subscribers and clients. The market conditions section. I played a lot of attention this in this section about to the Fed, Fed Federal Reserve and what they're doing. Uh, the numbers from the last Federal Reserve meeting were released, the, the minutes, I'm sorry. There was an interesting discussion among the Fed governors regarding the interest rates. That interesting thing was about raising rates a half percent. Okay, talking about it. And they've had a pat- pattern, you know, of a quarter percent. Now they might be raising a half percent. They talked about it. Whether they'll do it or not, I don't know. But they talked about it in the last meeting. Okay, so before you buy the, the that assumption that it's going to be a quarter point or a, because they've done it for a long time, just be aware that, you know, in history, this quarter point is relatively recent. When I say that, what, the last 10 to 20 years? When I was young, the half point was not unusual. They could raise it a point. And they didn't wait for the meetings. They would do it between meetings. We've just gotten used for quite some time. It's a quarter point in each direction, and they do it consistently after each each meeting until they change direction. Then it goes in the other direction. But that's not. They don't have to do that. Just a reminder: they don't have to do that. They can raise it tomorrow if they wanted to. They can. Okay. Remember, they're trying to squeeze money supply. That's what they're trying to do. Take some money out of the system to cause the 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 economy to slow down. They're they're not their intent is not to drive in a recession. That just is the result usually. Remember, seventy percent of our economy is driven by the consumer. So if you scare this consumer, you scare them to do things. They can react overnight. They could drive us a recession. They can do it real quick. So right now, the consumer's flying pretty high because there's lots of jobs, getting raises, and, you know, unemployment rate's really low, and, and, and unemployment claims are really low, so everything looks pretty good. But maybe that's, we're just looking at a peak in the economy, maybe. I think we are. Okay, um, so that's the raising rates. We'll talk about that, you know. Um, we all, I also mentioned the 10- and 2-year Treasury spread, which... Results in, in a negative number. We talked about that um, as some, in our, you know, in our in our uh, portfolio management section in the newsletter. Uh, how to find that out? You can get that at a certain place. We gave you a website addresses. The ten and two year spread. Remember how important that is. Um, the Bank of America, uh, Bank of America Merrill Lynch option adjusted spread. The higher this number is the more skittish investors become. It's nothing more than the 2- and 10-year yield spread. 
So if it goes negative, you know, it it you if you go and start understanding how these things interact with each other, because you can't just use this yield spread as a one uh, statistic that you're going to rely on. You can't. Because let me put it this way. Since we went uh, inverted on the yield curve, it could be up to two years before the recession hits. That's history. It's still going to take a long time. And it's also history. The market can go up 30 35% in, on average after it inverts. So you can't time it. You can't say, okay, it's it inverted, I'm getting out. It doesn't, it's not that perfect. It's not. Okay. The stock section, uh, I have two, we always give you two ideas. Uh, one of the company operates in the eastern United States and generates revenue nearly uh, reaching about $12.5 billion in 2021 on its more than 21,000 miles of railroad track. It hauls shipments, shipments of coal, chemicals, intermodal containers, automobile cargoes. They have a pretty diverse you know, cargo merchandise stuff they ship around on those railroad tracks. And if you think about it, oil's high, gasoline's high, cheapest way to ship things long distance is rail. Okay. Uh, the other one, um, a company, a very large company managed in the world, one of the largest asset managers in the world with $10 trillion in uh, uh, money under management, okay, at the end of 2021. They have a pretty diverse product mix. This limits the impact that market swings or withdrawals from individual asset classes uh, on their investment styles. So they maintain that AUM, assets under management, AUM, without much loss. And the company pays a 2.6% dividend. So, of course, I gave you names in the newsletter. There's always, I always name them. We always do. Okay. So there's a good deal of valuable information in the KP Premium Newsletter. And when you subscribe at investtalk.com, you will receive a newsletter each Saturday morning via your inbox. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. Two T's, investtalk.com. So let's swing back to an investtalk voice bank for a question that came in earlier from Ohio. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Bob from Ohio. I had a question about Chevron. I have a smaller portfolio with only about $1,500 in it. And I currently have two shares of Chevron. They've gone up about 40% since I bought them. I have an average cost of about 116 And I'm wondering, since I have a smaller portfolio, I'm okay with this stock running to a higher percentage because it's my play portfolio. But I'm wondering, is now a good time to maybe sell one of my shares of Chevron and keep the other for that long-term growth with a possible pullback? Should I maybe add more? It hasn't done much within the past week and a half, two weeks. I'm just wondering what I should do with it. I appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. I listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, Chevron. We own Chevron and one or more of our managed accounts um, we've had for a while. Um, it has uh, done very well because of oil, right? Engaged in exploration, production, refining, and marketing of oil and gas in the United States worldwide. Um, I, I, it would not hurt my feelings if you took some off the table, but really it goes to what you bought it for. Did you buy it 
for capital appreciation and say, well, I'm just going to run it up, and if it runs up, then I'm going to take the profits. And if that was the reason, then, yeah, I would sell half. I would because it's $169 now, and so your profit's pretty heavy. And um, if you bought it for a long-term hold because you want the interest rates because, I mean, you want the dividends because the dividend is what? Probably when you bought it, probably about 4%. Now it's at 3.3% at the current price. Um, then hold on to it. But it's gotten pretty high. I think it's had a nice run, both Exxon and Oops, I'm not supposed to mention names. Both of the big inter, <laughs> inter integrated big oil companies have done very well. And uh, will they go higher? Of course they could, but I'm at the point where it wouldn't hurt my feelings to take some off the top, take some off the table. I think that's a good time to do that. Yeah, it can go higher, but you know what? You know what it is today. Make your decision. Okay, um, it's always worthwhile taking a minute or two uh, to talk about the benefits of being a client with Justin and I handling your funds and in one of our various programs at KPP Financial. We're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County and Southern California. Orange County is between San Diego County and L.A. County. Uh, let me remind you that that uh, here on Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So how we implement that, we, of course, provide unbiased guidance, but also parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. We buy at the same price, same percentage. So our, pri- you know, our profits or losses are exactly as our clients. Not that we don't have too many losses, but you know, still the same as our clients. I also encourage you to take advantage of our offer of a free podcast, a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. I do invite via the telephone. I'm not big on Skype and go to meetings. That's Justin. He likes to do those. So I'll be happy to do it too um, via telephone. All you do is send us a message through investtalk.com or you can call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. After speaking with one of us for about 10 minutes, you'll begin to see how Justin and I could make a difference for you. Maybe you don't want to be our client. That's okay, too. We'll help you. Okay? There's no obligation. You call, we can talk, and the sooner you contact us, the sooner you can begin optimizing your portfolio's performance. But there's no obligation. We truly are a little bit different that way. We can help you, and we want to help you. This is Invest Talk. Justin and I thank you for downloading our podcast. Uh, let's take a live call. Kevin uh, from Maui, uh, Kevin, Maui, Hawaii. Wants to talk about interest rates. How are you doing, Steve? Good, Kevin. Good. Uh, so maybe a stupid question. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I couldn't refinance our house before now, so I'm doing it now. I'm on application pre-approved, but I have to lock rates, and I just was curious if you have any input as to do I lock today or <laughs> just wait? You know, is this is this like if I got to lock sometime in the next three or four weeks? So I, I would probably lock, best to just I just lock them in now because rates. yeah, because because the Fed's going to raise rates in the first part of May. And that will, and rates will start to creep up before that. So I, I would lock it in as soon as possible. I really would. Okay. 
Okay, and then quickly, I know I've I've been trying to get a portfolio. I'm not trying. I I, tr- I missed you when I was in L.A. I, I got your link, so I'm going to set up a time with you. But I'm wondering about a 10-15. We can afford the payment on a 10-15 or 30, uh-huh. and the rates are obviously better on an adju- a fixed 10 and then adjust after that. Uh, right. And longer-term interest rates, if we keep this, do you, do you have any input on, on where you know you think yeah. the cycles would I, happen I, in 10 I, years? I think rates long-term are going to stay around 5%, maybe 5 to 6%. So I think you lock in the lower rates as long as you can. Appreciate the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasy. Give me a call. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I have a question regarding a stock that I'm looking at. Annelly Capital Management Incorporated. The symbol is N-L-Y. I'm looking to get in and wondered what you think and get your opinion on what a good price to get in would be. I'll be listening to the answer on your show. Thank you. This is Annaly Capital Management. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that owns and manages finances, mortgage pass-through certificates and collateralized mortgage obligations, CMOs. Remember those that crashed? the real estate market, and the stock market back in 2007, 2008. Remember that? Anyways, it has been constantly going down for several years now, slowly. Uh, like in 2017, it was trading right around $11, $12 now, uh, per share. Now it's $6.75. Uh, and sales are constantly shrinking they pay a very high dividend. They make money. They're going to make a dollar share this year and 99 cents a share next year on $6.75. And they have to pay 90% of that earnings out in the form of dividend. And that's what makes it attractive as far as dividends. But their sales are going down. Eventually, the earnings are going to start going down. And that I don't care for. Um, I, I think I don't care for this type of REIT because it's passing through mortgages and interest rates are rising. It's collateralizing mortgage obligations, but interest rates for mortgages are rising and it's going to be tougher and tougher to make money for these kind of companies in that kind of environment. So I don't really care for it. Consumer credit soared in the most recent report came out yesterday. February, February's report up to $42 billion that month. They expect it to be $15 billion, 15 versus 42 January was $19 billion. They expected it to go down. Revolving credit was up 20%. Auto loans and student loans were up 8%. So huge number than spending. Not quite sure why, but it was a very large number. Okay, the bullish picture for the for the stock market. 
the bullish picture is that earnings are going to go up. They're, they're revising earnings upward for the rest of this year. Okay, all the experts are. Upward. Okay, so that's despite the Federal Reserve raising rates, despite the war, despite the inflation, the smart money people, we're talking about Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo, you know, the smart money people, mutual funds and hedge fund managers are saying that the earnings for corporate America is going up. And they probably are true. They're also saying that the consumers are very healthy, so they have lots of money to spend. And that's going to help the market. Therefore, they're not they're not bearish because of that. Now, that's despite a Fed. See that that argument though flies in the face of the Fed. In other words, there's an old saying: do don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the Fed because what they want to do will eventually happen because they have the power to do it. So. Just know that there is an argument for a bullish outlook. <clears throat> I'm not too bullish right now, but they are. Okay? Is the current oil crisis worse or better than in 1973? Now, I say it's not worse because 1973, you remember that was after the Six Days War where all the Arab surrounding countries of Israel were attacked Israel, but Israel won in six days. Then right after that, the Arab nations were mad at us, the U.S., for backing Israel and embargoed oil against us. And oil shot up, and we have a shortage of oil here in the United States. So I think that was more dramatic than now. Anyways. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. And we do encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. We appreciate it. Thanks to you, we have done, we've gone over, over 40 million downloads. That's a lot. I think it's a lot. Happy about that. Thank you. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Your positive rating raises our profile and helps spread the word. You can even leave a brief question with your rating and we'll prioritize it for you on the show. Independent thing you share success. This is the best talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights.